to the Association 4.0 podcast. I'm Sherry Budziak, CEO and founder of Source. Association 4.0 is how we describe the skills needed to navigate Industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace. Well, hello and welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast. I'm your host today, Kevin Ordonez. I am president and managing director of the Digital Strategy Group here at Source, and I'm also the co-founder of .org Community. Today, we'll be talking to Lewis Flax, president of Flax Associates. Lewis and his team of experts de- developed creative solutions for partnerships, sponsorship sales, and board involvement. Today, we're talking to Lewis about how the last 14 months have changed and created opportunities for associations and their sponsorships. But before we get into our discussion today, Lewis, please share a little bit about yourself and Flax Associates. Sure, a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, I got into the association sponsorship space just like almost all of us by accident. Um, I worked within an association. I was on the sales end responsible for partnerships and realized that a lot of the ways that partnerships or sponsorships were handled was all about what the association wanted, not what the sponsor wanted. I then went to work for a larger consulting firm um, based out of Chicago, IEG, and in 2008 started my own business in helping associations increase and drive their revenue by changing and shifting their sponsorship programs. And I've been doing that for many years now and enjoy it. It's it's a challenge. And at the same time, it's a lot of fun. Great. Well, thanks for sharing that with us today. So how have the sponsor needs and expectations changed over the last year or so? And how did the uh, pandemic accelerate that change? Sure. So the pandemic had, had a shift or a major focus in terms of Prior to that, companies weren't really satisfied with having their name and logo pasted everywhere, on signage, on websites, at conferences, you name it. And most companies were kind of moving away from that or getting tired of that. They didn't see much value. And then during the pandemic, it just accentuated. When looking at a virtual conference or a virtual event, having your name pasted or posted wherever virtually there's not a lot of value there. And when I interview sponsors, and I'm interviewing them frequently, often that's one of their chief complaints is they are looking to get involved, to connect, to uh, reach the member base in a way far beyond just one event. And most associations struggle with that. And most companies or most sponsors are looking at, well, how can we connect? How can we interact with the member base in a relevant and authentic way? And so within the pandemic now, there's much greater scrutiny and sponsors are far more demanding as to what they expect and what they want. Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right there. You know, um, when we were looking for uh, support too for .org community, we found the same things is our partners wanted to be more than just, like you said, a logo on, um, a piece of paper or sponsored food station, whatever that looked like. Because uh, I think they wanted to be more thought of um, as content um, thought leaders, not just their brand awareness, especially when all the dollars were tight 
and everyone needed to show ROI. So I, I definitely agree with you there. There's that, that change and certainly uh, the pandemic highlighted that for everyone. Um, but are there benefits to be gained from the sponsor association uh, partnership just beyond the typical financial support? Yeah, and it's going to depend on the sector. So if we're looking at, say, education or the medical community, um, it's going to be different. In general, when looking at the sponsor community, there are a few different ways that they can add value. One is uh, content, thought leadership, and Kevin, you had touched on this, whether it's articles, webinars, research, white papers, videos, you name it. Often, because they're working with a lot of different um, companies, the sponsors are going to have a, a better sense or a broader view. They can bring a different perspective, a broader perspective. Uh, so that's an area where they want to focus in on providing content. Another is they can also promote association offerings through their channels, whether it's web, whether it's email, whether it's social media, you name it. If there's a conference or a research paper or some type of awards program, they can promote that. They can help an association by promoting that to their audience, to their, um, through their channels. And, and then when it comes to advocacy, and here this is more on the trade group side, often they're gonna have dollars, which they can funnel into the specific advocacy effort. They're gonna have insights. They're often gonna have a much larger staff than, than an association would. So if we're looking at say a major financial company or a pharmaceutical company or a major manufacturer, often they're going to have um, significant expertise on staff that can help when it comes to advocacy. So it's thought leadership, it's promotion. And, and then when it comes to advocacy, uh, often they can add value beyond just dollars. So, you know, what do you think are going to be some of those, um, I don't know, missteps that these associations make when managing um, their sponsor relationships, especially in light of the change you were just talking about and, and having that pivot of, you know, from going from purely transactional relationship to more of, I guess, a part, a real partnership, a year, a real year round partnership. Yeah. Often when it comes to missteps, there are a few key ones that associations often make. One is they don't have a plan. Um, what's their plan? What's their process? How are they going to go about it? And it sounds simple. Yet, over 95% of the associations that I've worked with, they don't have a plan. And it doesn't have to be that sophisticated, yet there needs to be some type of plan so that staff is clear on what can or, or can't be sponsored, what they're gonna offer, how they're gonna structure it, what the guidelines are, uh, specific responsibilities. There needs to be some type of plan, otherwise it's hit or miss. And so often when I ask folks that, oh yeah, we get that, we understand. Yet most of them, when digging a little deeper, they don't have a plan. So that, that's one is there needs to be some type of uh, a plan or a model or an approach that they're going to take. Uh, the second is to customize the offerings. Sending out a prospectus with gold, silver, bronze, with the same old traditional benefits, that doesn't work. And when I say that doesn't work, most associations figure that out during the pandemic. Yet it's similar to a carpenter. And if a carpenter were to come to your house and you're interested in building an addition onto your home and the carpenter's talking about the different saws or hammers or tools that they have, you don't really care. 
What you want to know is what the beautiful edition is going to look like. And what ends up happening is most associations, they don't customize the offerings. It's the same old traditional benefits that here you can have one of these. And so the idea of customizing the offerings is a huge misstep, especially when there are certain sponsors, whether it's the Microsofts or the Walmarts of the world that can spend at a far higher level. And the way to customize the offerings, and here's another misstep, is are they interviewing their top sponsors? Because when it comes to figuring out what they want, you can't really guess, you can attempt to, Yet by interviewing them, you can figure out what's their approach, what's their focus, how are they going about it, um, what, what, how would they work with others. So it's critical that they interview their top sponsors. And most associations, they don't think they need to do this, or they think that whatever works for one company will work for another. And that's usually not the case. And then the other issue is almost all outreach to the sponsor community is always a request for support. As one uh, person who I interviewed, who worked for a, a brokerage house, he said, they treat me like I'm an ATM machine. Every time they reach out, it's always a request for support. It's always a request for funding. And what ends up happening is the decision makers just push it down, push it down the line and you have low level marketing folks on the corporate side reading a prospectus and there's a lack of connection. There's a, there's a disconnect there. So it, it's lack of a plan, not customizing. They don't interview sponsors. And, and then all the requests are for support. It's not, how can we truly be partners? Well, that, those, those are good um, missteps to, uh, for association to consider. What about uh, resource considerations that the associations should have in place uh, to support all the sponsors and their relationships. When you say resource, Kevin, are you referring to, to staff or, or what exactly are you mentioning? Yeah, uh, staff. Sure, staff. Let's start there. Sure. So it's best, and here it's going to depend on whether it's a national, you know, a state, local type of organization. Ideally, there's one person who's responsible for handling the partnerships or the, the larger sponsorship sales in terms of managing those relationships. And that individual, that person should be able to speak with the contacts, the sponsor contacts on a strategic level. It's not about the booth size. It's not about um, what the logo is going to look like. It's what is it that they're interested in? How is it that the association can add value uh, and be able to manage and handle those relationships? So, you know, as you're talking to um, associations out there, I'm sure a lot of them are depending um, a lot on the sponsorship dollar for their, for their revenue plan. And maybe some of them have shifted their business model to really uh, not rely so heavily on these dollars. Are, are you seeing any types of examples or of this in the association community? on strategies that have been extremely successful on maybe modifying those um, business models to not rely so heavily on sponsorship dollars? And that's gonna vary in terms of, are they relying on sponsorship dollars this past year when it comes to the organizations, the associations that were event focused, 
they really took a major hit. Uh, they lost quite a bit of revenue and they're in a position where they need to recoup it. The ones who did have a plan where it wasn't just about the events, uh, they're in far better shape because they recognize that the sponsors are looking at it from a marketing perspective and how can they market. So it's quite a bit different for groups that have a plan that are interviewing their sponsors. It's not always a request for funding. Those organizations have been able to deal with the pandemic far better, far, far better than others where it was, here's the prospectus and it was all about logos and events or logos and names um, pasted anywhere and everywhere. Okay. And then, you know, Louis, as, as you, you know, glance into your crystal ball, uh, what other dynamics do you think will be changing in the near future? So when it comes to the future, it's the pandemic accentuated or accelerated what would have happened anyway, where recognizing that events alone, those are not enough. And that's, that's one. Two is companies are not just looking at associations. They have a lot of other channels. They have a lot of other ways in which they can connect with their audience, with the member base, whether it's social media, whether it's other organ types of organizations. So often associations think, oh, they're just competing with other associations in the space. And that's not the case. It's broader than just associations. And companies are going to be a lot more targeted. They're going to spend their dollars with fewer organizations and fewer channels. They're going to pick the opportunities that best meet their needs. Where a few years back, it would be maybe they would exhibit advertised sponsor with 10 or 15 different organizations, including, say, 8 to 10 associations. Well, now they're going to be more intentional, more targeted, and they're probably only going to work with three to five. They recognize that having their logo somewhere, or their name somewhere, it doesn't offer much value. So they're going to be more targeted. And then associations, my sense is a number of them have learned during the pandemic, some have not, that they need to be more, nim more nimble, more creative, uh, open to, to new ideas, can't just offer standard sponsorships, need to think like a marketer and focus in on what the associations, uh, on, on what the companies want. The associations need to figure that out by interviewing them, asking them questions. And, and a few examples, um, there's a large um, credit card company and they're focusing in on Shop Small Saturday, which comes around Thanksgiving time. And the way they're going about it is they created a map for different areas throughout the country where they feature local restaurants. Right? They have a toolkit for shopping small promotions. Um, they recognize local restaurants and other stores as neighborhood champions. Um, they have a social media campaign with hashtag Takeout Tuesday. And so they have this full campaign, this full program, and then working with an association that I assisted, uh, that type of campaign or approach major credit card company was willing to pro provide funding to that association at a significant level. And here it wasn't about a booth, it wasn't about an ad, it was a campaign and using many different touch points. And that's the type of effort or the type of program that companies are going to look for and that associations need to be asking the right questions to be able to A, offer more value to their members and B, most importantly from the association standpoint, raise additional funds. Great. 
Well, Lewis, thanks so much for uh, joining me today and sharing your insight and expertise. Uh, this is very, very informative and it was a pleasure to be able to connect you with our listeners on this topic of sponsorship. And to our listeners, thanks for joining us today. And if you'd like to connect with Lewis, you can email him at lewis at flaxassociates.com. And for more tips and support for strengthening your association, be sure to visit .orgsource. And if you would like access to relevant information, resources, please consider .org community, a platform for association leaders to connect and learn from one another. Thanks again for joining us. This is Kevin Ordonez signing off for the Association 4.0 podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and discover tips and information that will add value to your leadership style and your association. .org Source specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com to find out how to get your organization on track to Association 4.0. You can also engage in other educational content by becoming a member of .org community or reading our books on Association 4.0, which you can find on Amazon. We look forward to hearing from you soon.